0: Uh, last week, we watched or we saw a picture of a revival. We, we watched as Jesus came to shore with his apostles and was immediately met with a crowd of 5,000 people. They had come to see what Jesus was going to do next. The gospel writer John says a huge crowd was following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. They just wanted to see what he was going to do next. They they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. They just knew that he could do something, and they wanted to see him do something again. So it, it was brought to the attention of Jesus of the late hour and the hungry people. So Jesus told the apostles, he said, you feed them. You feed them. It was an impossible task for Jesus to do it, but Jesus pointed the finger and says, look, guys, you're right. They're hungry. It's late. You feed them. You feed them. There was not enough money, but there was a little boy who had come prepared to stay if the meeting went late. He had brought five small loaves of bread and two fish. Now, wake up. Wake up. We watched as Jesus fed every person and had 12 baskets left over. We learned that this was a picture of revival. That revival took place when Jesus was present, when people were prepared, when a test was passed, when, when, pr- when we practice what we know, and when God provides. Today, we're going to see another real revival take place in Scripture when man is set free from tradition. Do we have any traditions today? Do we have any traditions in the church? Uh, do we? I mean, listen, I, I want y'all, to, how many of y'all were excited? I mean, y'all were excited about the Georgia-Tennessee game yesterday? Uh, see? I mean, y'all were excited I, all day long. You watched a couple other games, but you were ready for the Georgia-Tennessee game, Right? I mean, you watched them. You watched them all. And then the Georgia-Tennessee game came on. And, brother, hey, listen, you, had, you, you weren't going anywhere. You had the Cokes and the Pepsi and the Mountain Dew. And you had the popcorn and the pizza and the chicken wings. And, and don't turn the channel. Don't you come in here turn the channel. You, you were awake the whole time. Right? Some of y'all are shaking your head. You aren't football fans. But this, I'm talking to the Georgia people. Be as excited this morning. Amen? We're we're in the house of God, in the presence of God, hearing a word from God, and we need to be paying just as much attention and just as excited this morning as about we were an insignificant football game yesterday. Amen? So what what are we seeing this morning? Look at Mark chapter 7. Another revival. Another revival. I didn't know there were so many revivals in Scripture, did y'all? Mark chapter 7 and verse 1. Mark 7 verse 1. And Mark records this. He says, the Pharisees... And some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him. I I always get excited when I see the Pharisees and scribes, don't you? I mean, they're just such wonderful people. No, no, when I first read, though, that the scribes and the Pharisees have come together, Desi, I do get a little bit excited because Jesus is getting ready to tan their hide. Jesus doesn't play. He really doesn't. Verse 2 says, They observed that some of his disciples were eating their bread with unclean, that is, unwashed, hands. For the Pharisees, in fact, all the Jews, will not eat unless they wash their hands, not just regularly, but ritually, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed And there there are many other customs that they received and keep, like the washing of cups, jugs, copper utensils, and dining couches. Yes, they even washed the couch. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ritually unclean hands? And he answered them, Isaiah the prophet correctly uh, was correct about you, you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commands of men. Disregarding the command of God, you keep the tradition of man. He also said unto them, you completely invalidate God's commands in order to maintain your tradition. Woo, Jesus isn't holding back, is he? Are, y- are y'all paying attention? Y'all please pay attention, because I'm, I'm going to drive this message home here in a couple minutes. I'm going to drive this bus as long and as hard as I can. Y'all ready? I'm, I'm tired, y'all. Woo! He, for, for Moses said, "'Honor your, mother and, uh, your father and your mother, "'and whoever speaks evil of father or mother "'must be put to death.'" Children, did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? Boy, we don't practice that today, do we? I, I've heard children say, you shut your stupid mouth up to their mom. And I'm just like, whoa, goodness gracious. I mean, that wasn't even my child. And I, I mean, I had, I had to step back, you know. <laughs> like, do what what, what? what did you? Oh, my goodness. Don't you glad we don't practice that, Jason? These children would be dead, wouldn't they? There'd be a slaying tonight. Yeah. yeah, y'all, y'all thought that movie years ago, that movie that came out the purge was bad. If, that, if we started inflicting in this scripture right here, oh my gosh, it'd be, it'd be horrible. Let's read it again, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father and mother must be put to death. Why did you hear that son? Death. I mean, you gone dead. Verse 11. Jesus continued. He said, "But you say. If a man tells his father or mother, whatever benefits you might have received from me is Corbain. That is a gift committed to the temple. You no longer let him do anything for his father and his mother. You revoke God's word by your tradition that you have handed down and you have uh, and do many other similar things. Summoning the crowd, again, Jesus said, told them, listen to me. All of you, and understand, nothing that goes into a person from the outside can defile him. But the things that come out of that person are that defile him. If anyone has ears to hear, he should listen. When he went into the house, away from the crowd, the disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, are you also lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a man from the outside can defile him? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into the stomach and is eliminated. As a result, he made all food clean. Y'all hear me? Flounder? Oysters? He made all things clean. Then he said, What comes out of a person that defiles him? For from for for from within, out of man's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, lewdness, stinginess, blasphemous blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this scripture. We thank you for those who've come here this morning. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd wake us up. God, please wake us up that we might hear a message from you, Lord. We need a a fresh touch from you, Lord, this morning. So I pray that your spirit and your presence would be here this morning to be felt. It would be heard, God, not because of me, but because of you and your word. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. amen. As we just saw in our scripture this morning, Jesus is in the presence of the apostles and they're still learning life lessons that they would desperately need to know when he was gone. They would have to pick up the mantle of ministry and spread the gospel message like never before. These men had to learn the hard lessons and today's lesson was going to be at the expense of the Pharisees. The most popular political system within the Jewish religion right? Wednesday night class, as we studied through the life of Christ, we, we had to tell ourselves every time we opened, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we had to tell ourselves something. What, it was two words. What was it? Jesus knew. Jesus knew. So before we even look at, what, at what's taking place in the book of Mark chapter 7, the scripture that we just said, Jesus knew what was going to happen before it even happened. Before the foundation of the world began, Jesus knew that this day was going to take place. He knew that these Pharisees were going to come with their complaints, and he was already cocked and ready. He, he already had ammunition sitting in his pocket, Jason. He knew exactly what, we, what he was going to say, and he knew that he was going to use that situation to teach an unbelievable message. And he did. So, what can we learn? What lessons do we learn from our scripture this morning? Number one, you once again might be saying to yourself, just just like we did last week, I I didn't see a revival in this scripture, just as you may have said concerning last week's scripture when Jesus fed 5,000 people. Now, please understand this. Oh, please, Lord Jesus, this is so basic of a concept. Please, please understand this, that when Jesus is ar- around, revival is taking place. When Jesus is in the house, revival is taking place. Amen? Amen? Church, we could invite the greatest pastor, the greatest preacher or the most well-known evangelist in the world who as we have ever seen. But if Jesus is not here, there is not going to be a revival taking place. Do you hear me? Without Jesus, there is no revival. Do you know that revival is taking place all over the world and and, and African nations all over the world? Uh, The great revival is taking place. I've seen glimpses of it. I've I've seen in in, uh, the Middle East, in the Muslim nations, there are more Muslims accepting Christ today than any other time in history. It's unbelievable what's taking place. There are more Jews accepting Christ as their personal Savior than any time in history. Revival's taking place. What, what what's, what's makes it different? Jesus is there. We are so close to the return of Christ, and I believe Jesus is making one last... Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. Wake up. Jesus is, is making one last great revival take place. One last great harvest that man... Listen, listen. He's given man every opportunity before he raptures his church. The next issue we see is in verses 1 through 5. Now, what we see here is that once again, the most popular religious political party, the Pharisees, has a problem. They have an issue. Well, what is their issue? Look at verse 2. Always somebody with an issue, isn't there? Verse 2 says, They observed that some of his disciples were eating their bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. And the Pharisees, in fact, all of the Jews, will not eat unless they wash their hands ritually, keeping the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed and there and are, are many other customs that they have received and keep, like the washing of the jugs and, and copper utensils and even the dining couches. These Pharisees, then the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating bread with ritually unclean hands? Well, I'm going to tell you all before I even read, but these guys really would have had a problem with me in years past. I mean, I I was a lineman and we we worked out in the field and, and we didn't have a spigot. And, you know, when lunchtime came, we, we might put our hands under the cold water and, you know, rinse them off a little bit. But there were many a times when I was eating my sandwich, I looked down and there was, you know, a thumb imprint on my sandwich from my hands. Some of y'all might be saying, well, that's nasty. I was hungry. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't care. I mean, that, that, that thought never, it never thought to my mind, well, I, I can't eat lunch today, but I, I just, I'm, I'm really hungry, but I can't eat lunch today because my hands are dirty. I, I didn't care. I, I was starving to death. Now, <clears throat> I want you to come to an unbelievable, unbelievable realization with me here for this moment. These Pharisees were standing In the presence of Jesus Christ, their Messiah, if anyone could have, should have recognized who he really was. It should have been them. Jesus is performing unbelievable miracles all around them, in front of them, in their very presence. Can can I tell you why these Pharisees were not experiencing revival? Because they were too busy worried about washing their hands. They were focused on what was not happening that they could not see what was happening. Let me say again for those who were on the back row and weren't paying attention. They were more focused about, Jason, what wasn't happening that they could not see what was happening. Couldn't couldn't see it. This kind of sounds like the church today. The church will never experience revival if Jesus is not present. And we sure won't experience revival if our focus or our main is on man-made traditions and not God. Let me ask you, where is your focus? Where is it? I just wonder, I wonder. You know, we're gonna have a night of worship tonight. Amen. Now, some of y'all been saying, Brother Kyle, why don't we have singers anymore? Why, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Listen, we're having a night of worship tonight. I want to see you here. Amen? I just wonder if we had a night of preaching. No music, no sound, no instruments, no nothing. We even cut the air conditioning off. We tried to make you as uncomfortable as possible, but we just had a night of preaching. How many would show up? Church, we will never experience revival for another reason. Seen in verse 6 through 10. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, He answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commands of man. Disregarding the command of God, you keep the tradition of men. He said unto them, You completely invalidate God's command in order to maintain your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever speaks evil of father and mother should be put to death. You know, did you notice here that Jesus is not playing? Ricky, did you notice that? Did y'all notice that? Jesus is not playing with these Pharisees. Did you notice that he did not... He, was, he is not preaching the message of love to these men. Did you notice that Jesus did not look at the apostles here and say, Well, we, we just have to accept the way these men are. We, we need to pray for them that, that they might see the truth one day. No, church, what we see is Jesus proclaiming the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Our scripture tells us that not only the truth will set you free, and Jesus is giving these Pharisees a huge dose of the truth church we cannot nor will not experience revival if we cannot accept the truth about our lives directions we can't you know we we, we have this conception of our, our spiritual walking and how good we are well listen you know i i i come to church on sunday morning i teach sunday school i, I pray i do devotion i i come this i come that I, I do all what is your spiritual life really like though do you know who knows you and God. You and God. You know, the closer you are to Jesus, the more you are wanting to be like Jesus. The more you want to be around Jesus, and the more you want to learn about Jesus. You're never satisfied. If we cannot hear the truth and make changes in our lives to support that truth, we will never experience true revival. How, how, have you ever thought about how close these Pharisees were to the truth, but could not make a change? Have you ever thought about how close they were to heaven and eternal life, but their pride and their arrogance imprisoned them to eternity in hell? Truth will bring revival. But you have to be present to hear the truth. You have to be in His presence to accept the truth. You know you know, as I, as I wrote those words, I started thinking about what the Pharisees lost. You know, there was a guy that I love. He was one of my dearest friends when we were growing up in high school. And he is an agnostic at best, an atheist at worst. a very smart person, very brilliant person. And as he and I were, were talking one day uh, He just, everything I threw at him, Miss Desi, about accepting Jesus, about, you know, he knew who I was. And and I just didn't change myself. And and he could see that. He understood that. But he just would not accept the concept of Jesus being the Savior of the world. And and I I asked him, I said, look, man, I said, I'm not trying to sensationalize this. Wake up. I'm not trying to sensationalize this, but you have two beautiful children. If you're you're wrong, which Scripture says you are, you've not only lost yourself, but you're leading your children straight to the same place. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I mean, this this deserves for you to take the time to investigate, to to look, to, to, to pay attention, to study just a little bit more. We spend our times, we know everything about everything. We live in an age where we can find, and I did it two or three times yesterday. I I, I looked at at, uh, Google. All you have to do is Google a question. And in less than five seconds, you will have an unlimited amount of information. All you have to do is look, pay attention. To my knowledge, he still hasn't. Do you know that every single time that these church doors are open. And it's not because of me. I am, I, it's not about me. Every time these church doors open, the Word of God is preached. Lessons are learned. Scriptures are explained. I, I don't study for my own benefit. I do and I don't. I, I study to prepare a message that God has laid on my heart for the congregation. And if you're not here... You're saying, I've had enough, I've got enough, I've, you know, I've got enough of Jesus, right? Isn't that what you're saying? How close were these Pharisees to heaven and they missed out? How much do we miss by our distance from God? A very special surprise is seen next in verse 11 through 16. Look at verse 11. But you say, if a man tells his father or mother whatever benefits you might have received from me is corbain. That is a gift committed to the temple. You no longer let him do anything for his father and his mother. You revoke God's word by your tradition and you have handed down... uh, uh, That you have handed down. And you do many similar things. Summoning the crowd again. He told them. Listen to me. All of you who understand. Nothing that goes into a person from outside can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. If anyone has ears to hear, he should listen. He should listen. Do you know who did not receive the information Seen in 11 through 16. Do y'all know who didn't receive the information seen in 11 through 16? Those who were not there. Those who had been invited but decided not to come. Those who thought fishing that day was more important. Now, I I, I know what you're thinking. I, I really do know what you're thinking here. Someone just thought it. Well, if something good happened at the church that day, the guy who was fishing will hear about it later. So he really won't be missing anything at all. Please listen to me. Listen to me. When someone who was with Jesus tells the old boy who was fishing what took place, he will not believe him. He will say, I I would not believe something like that unless I heard it myself. Well, you have to be present to hear the message God has prepared for you. Mentally, physically, and spiritually. You can be sitting right here and not be present. Really, you can. It happens every week. Listen, church... I told you last week, and I'll tell you again. I'm going to bring a granola bar, some crackers next Sunday morning. I'm going to be just like that little boy who brought a meal, preparing not to leave. He was not going to leave until Jesus was done talking. No one needs to convince me, I I need revival, church. I, I, listen, your preacher, me, I'll admit it, I need a fresh touch from God. I do. I do. When you stay close to Jesus, you'll get a special explanation. L- listen, if you will go the extra mile, make the extra effort, you will have a greater understanding. Look, look at verse 17. <coughs> when he went into the house away from the crowd, the disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you two also lacking in understanding? Don't you realize that nothing going into a man from the outside can defile him? For, for it doesn't go into his heart but into his stomach and is eliminated. As a result, he made all foods clean. Then he said, what comes out of a person, that defiles him. From within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adulteries, greed, Evil actions, this deceit, lewdness, stinginess, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. Church, if the Jews of that day believe there is special privileges to those who can trace their genealogies all the way back to Moses and Abraham. They they believe they have a closer, they can get closer and closer to the holies of holies as they they grow and and become men. I want to tell you the truth though. The closer you get to to, to Jesus, the holier you will become. Not to an object, not to another man, but, but to Jesus. There is no other man like Jesus' man. Amen? Amen. No other man. There's no other man who did more for you than Jesus. There's no other person who can do more for you than Jesus. There's no other person who can save you but Jesus. The more you want to hear from Him, the more you want to experience His presence, the better you'll be the better you'll be. So let's flip that. The less that you want to be in his presence, the less you want to hear of him, and the less you want to learn of him, the worse you're going to be. Listen, church. Do you need a fresh touch from Jesus? I I can answer that for me, and I already did. I I need a fresh touch. Do you need a fresh touch from Jesus? When was the last time you felt his presence in your life? I so desperately want to, to grow in the Lord next week during our revival meetings. I want this church to grow, not because of who is going to be preaching, but because of, not because of the messages. I know that God has given this preacher to preach specifically to this church. Listen, church, listen. Do you need revival? Do you need revival? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, I I admit it. I I was the first to admit it. I, I need revival. I need a fresh touch. I need you. So God, I pray that you would start something right now this morning that only your Holy Spirit can start. And only your Holy Spirit can stop. Lord, move your people that we might seek something real from you. Help us, Lord, to realize who we are, where our lives are, how we got there, and what we need to do to get back to you. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, the altar's open if you need to come. Will you come?